What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. My name is Thomas Brandon. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Doing good, Tommy. How there are you? Good, good. There we go. Third time to try. We were having a little audio issue, but we got her. Oh, we got her dialed in. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, before we dive into the racing news, and we got a, we're going to cover some of the stuff that happened with the cup cars this last week at Martinsville, just because the racing was uh, not good. This was the first, this was the first, yeah, this was the first really bad race for me this season, Um, which is, you know, it's going to happen, but it's brought up a whole heck of a lot of discussion. So we're going to dive into some of that, but we also got to touch on the double header that we had at Lake Ozark, because that was some phenomenal dirt racing and poor Brady bacon just got porked in both races. So we got to cover that as well. And the madman put on a, a hell of a show also. So they proved why they call him the madman. Exactly. Exactly. So a couple of things we got to talk about, but before we do that, Keith, you got any plans for Easter Sunday? You got um, so we're going to, we're going to celebrate Easter a day before because I have to work on Easter, unfortunately. So, I mean, we're going uh, to do some stuff around the house. Um, we're going to go to my mother-in-law and father-in-law's with the kids and just the same old Easter. All any, right. any, what's going on with you? You know, um, I don't know 100% for sure. So we always, you know, every time we have the holidays, because me, my side of the family, we, I mean, we get together for all of the, the major holidays. So basically, you know, Easter, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, you know, like 4th of July, like maybe not everybody gets together, but we'll be together on that, you know, stuff like that. We, we get together and my wife's side of the family is the same way, right? Like they get together for all the major holidays. So, um, we usually are split in time between the two, like we'll go to one in the mornings and then one in the afternoon. And this year for Easter, I don't know what's going on. I know we're, we got a family dinner on my side in the afternoon, and I know we're going to be going to that for a little bit, but I don't know if we're doing anything with my wife's family. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, the, the kids are, you know, my kids are, you know, my daughter's 16, so she's beyond, you know, Easter egg hunting. I mean, she ain't going to be looking for eggs unless we put money in it. And, yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no believing the Easter bunny. Yeah, but... yeah, exactly. And so, you know, my son, he's, he's, he's nine and he's about at that age. I think this might be the last year for him to do that. You know, like he's, he's at that point where, you know, this year for Christmas, right. He was still, he's, you know, he's still, uh, big on on santa you know he loves santa claus and stuff like that so it's uh hey, what kid doesn't though yeah exactly you know so so he's at that age where you know the some of the magic is going to be lost there um eventually and, and just don't know exactly when so i mean according to my wife he will always be her baby which i'm like stop doing that to him man you make my son soft knock it off so oh yeah so. i'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, that's what we got planned. Uh, it'll, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it just because, I, I mean, I always like getting together with the family. family time. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, with everything that's gone on the past couple of years, you just, you lose touch with some things and it's just mm-hmm. nice to, to yeah. see familiar faces. And it is. Back to seeing them regularly. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been cool to actually talk to some of my friends and stuff and see some family members that we haven't seen in a couple of years. You know, we got to see my aunt and uncle a week ago and 
uh, got to talk to some of my buddies and planning on going and seeing them for the first time in a few years. So yeah, it's been, um, this summer, you know, should be, should be fun. You know, it's going to be busy, but it should be fun getting to catch up with people. And I, you know, it's like Easter's kind of looking like it's going to be kind of the kickoff to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And, and fortunately for us up here, and I don't know how it is in California, the weather's looking amazing. Yeah. You know, California, I mean, and Other granted, than being really hot right now. Yeah, I mean, in California, it's weird because right now it is it is raining and storming outside. It's like 55 degrees. Now, for most of you listening, especially you guys out in the Midwest or, you know, back east, I say 55 degrees and you guys laugh. Like, that is shorts-wearing weather for, for you guys. But oh, you got to understand, yeah. in California, where I'm at in the valley, like, that's like that's like a winter day for us where it's the lows are in the, the low 30s, high 20s, and then the highs will be, you know, high 40s, low 50s. Like, that's, that's a winter day for us. So, you know, for us to have 57 degrees outside with, rain and wind you know we've been we had a windstorm that went through this last weekend well i shouldn't say this last weekend it started this last weekend and it care it's been carrying through all week where we've been getting wind gusts up to like 30 40 miles an hour and like that is not normal for us here so it's, it's been yeah it's been weird because dude it was just a couple weeks ago it was 90 it was freaking 90 degrees and i was like there is no way we're starting this off already like because i hate the heat I think the highest, I think the highest it's been here so far is like 72. See, if it never got above 70 where I lived, I would be happy. I would be, uh, I would be stoked. If, if it could stay between 65, 72-ish mm -hmm. and no lower than 40 at night, I'd be golden. Yeah, I would, I would love that. That would be perfect because I can... I can wear, you know, like for the daytime and stuff like that. If I want to wear pants, I can wear them and be comfortable. If I want to wear shorts, I can still wear those. I could wear long sleeves. I could wear short sleeves. Like I, I just, that's perfect weather to me. I just hate the humidity. The humidity here. Well, out. that is that, you know, that's one of the things me and my wife talk about moving, you know, when the kids are, are out of the house and stuff like that, you know, the, my list of places to go, um, all of them have a qualifier and one of them that one of the top ones is humidity because i hate the humidity i hate it uh, you wouldn't like indiana summer no thing. god it's it very very rough no after i after i stayed in north carolina those couple those couple months i'll never do it again man never and ra racing through june july in the first oh, part of august god. is brutal dude when we would go brutal. traveling man and we would go to some of those places dude the air is so thick it's like being hit by a wall i, I don't know how else to describe it other than being hit with oh, like a hot slap yeah dude it's like I, i'll never forget the first time i was sweating in the shower and i'm like is this physically possible am, is, am i am Terrible. i really able to sweat in the shower like really it's cold i got cold water on me how am i sweating right now but it was Absolutely so horrible. humid man yeah i hate the humidity i'm with well, you that is the, that is the only good thing about california we don't have humidity and like us we we didn't have no fancy trailer when we were racing so it ain't like we could just go sit inside the yeah <laughs> and, and you know how them racing suits are and mm -hmm. you 
you put the two layer suit on, then the Nomax underwear, and it's just like, ah, oh, you're when, dying. When, when's the sun gonna go down? You're dying. You, yeah, you can't drink enough water through the day to mm -hmm. have you mentally prepared for it to be 120 degrees out, wearing thick clothes for three hours. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. It's horrible. It's horrible. I, that's one thing that I don't think people realize enough about race car drivers is the the physical shape that you have to be in to be that hot and be driving you know racing it's oh it's so miserable and it's like the nascar guys with the cool suits and the helmet mm -hmm. blowers those don't blow 50 degree that, air on you. no that's the thing if people it's 100 like, degrees outside you're getting 80 degree air yeah people are like well they have coolers it's like they have a box with melted ice that blows this little this little wisp of air. it's not like they have an air conditioner like they don't have that i remember it's not your everyday car no i remember when i was back in north carolina my buddy lee watson who was working for casey kane when because casey had just started his his sprint car teams and lee was one of the guys working on it at that time and lee was telling stories about casey driving around north carolina in the car with the heater on and all the windows up like the all the windows up heater on high getting trying to get his body used to being it's in those cup cars for it. yeah yeah because they were telling me you know he was like dude those cars you know a cup car he's like it's like 130 in there and there's like very little airflow. He's like, you got the little vent that comes in your helmet and stuff. He's like, but it's not like you're driving with the windows down. Like it, he's like, it don't work like that. You know, he's like, yeah, the side, the, the side window, you got that open with the net. He's like, that's not bringing a whole lot of air in, you know, no, those things are designed to where the, the yeah. He's like, those cars are designed where the air's staying outside, right? Like it's, it's built to handle, not, not make me comfortable. Well, and it's like people I've talked to. I always complained about how hot it was when we were racing. And a friend of mine who he knew a little bit of racing, not much. He was like, well, you're, you're in an open cockpit car for the most part. You get a bunch of air put on you. Uh, well, it ain't as much as you think it is. Cause no, it's not throw the helmet into the equation. Yeah. You got them air valleys in your helmet. All right. Now let's add some mud into it and see how much air you really get. And it ain't like you can crack your visor on your helmet because now no. you're dealing with mud and dirt and debris coming in your yeah. helmet. And most and of the air that comes through those vents is dust. It's just, it, all it's it's, yeah, all it's doing <laughs> is making your face brown because you're sweating. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just putting a paste on you. Yeah. I, when I raced outlaw carts, I never wore a fire suit, even though I had a radiator the few times that I had a water cooled engine. Um, I had my radiator right over my legs and I just wore jeans. I had a baggy pair of jeans and I wore those because when I would be racing, the air would actually come under the nose the and it would blow up my legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only cooling I had because you had to wear, you had to wear long sleeves and, yeah. um, with, in the outlaw carts, you're literally sitting next to the motor. I mean, your your right arm right rests on, it, on the motor. Yeah, you have to wear an elbow pad because your right arm is on the motor. So it is so hot there. It's so hot. Well, and it's like when we were racing go-karts, you, you get some good fresh air with a go-kart. Oh, yeah. A lot more than what you would in anything. And, man, mm -hmm. I, got a, I got a true reality slap when we got into the winged mini sprints in the sprint car because I was like, holy crap, I don't know how I'm going to do this. 
This yeah, is terrible. there's so much more around you covering you up, and the air is not getting in that cockpit like you would think. You would think that there'd be a ton of them. Uh, nope. Because yeah. there, there was a lot of times where in the dead heat of winter or summer, you'd have a red, and you're just like, all right, please come around. Let us get out of the car because you want to get out of it because it's hotter than hell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you got 10 more minutes. Just stay in your car. And it's kind of like, what? Oh, my God, please. Yep. Well, you exactly. can take your helmet off. Well, yeah, that that helps. Yep. So, yeah, definitely, definitely don't like the heat and don't like the uh, nope, the humidity. It is it is not fun. So, but anyway, so speaking of the heat, uh, we had the the Cup guys were at Martinsville this last week, and William Byron got the win. Um, Logano was second. Dylan was third. Um, and it wasn't a very fun race. Um, for those of you who watched it, I mean, unless you were like a William Byron fan or something, um, you know, it just, it, it wasn't very fun. I think look, that's the only way you like that race. Exactly. And look, here's the thing, because there's been other races that we've had, especially at tracks like Martinsville or Richmond or something like that. I remember one time, um, you know, I think it was Joey Logano or, or was it Keselowski? I think it was Keselowski at Martinsville. You know, he had led like 350 of the 400 laps or something. You know, I mean, like it just dominated the race. But even then, although the leader had dominated, there was good racing throughout the pack. We didn't really see that um, here. The, the car to me, this is what it looked like to me. And this is something that I've actually heard other drivers talk about is this car with the with the independent rear suspension and stuff like that you know and the way that these things are built um they were so, i've never seen these cars that glued to the track at martinsville there was no one was sliding around no dude they could cut through the center of the corner like they were like on a yeah man they looked like slot cars you know what i mean like that's what they looked like they looked like they were actually yeah. like they actually were hooked to the track like a video game yeah and <laughs> and not only that but when somebody would get under somebody else right to try to make a move you had these these guys were they were shifting and it was allowing for them you could overcome a mistake so much easier because you could downshift you could downshift and up you can get back you know what i mean like those dude it sounded like they were, you know, remember back in the day at Pocono where they were, where they were shifting the gears and stuff like that. That's what it was sounding like. You're going by the flags and you're, yeah. you can hear them shifting. And you're like, dude, what the heck? Uh, and, and like what I noticed, if you got up next to a guy and as soon as you shifted into fifth, you completed the pass. Yes. Well, and I, I don't know if they were running. I think it was fourth. I don't think anybody was running fifth gear. From what I heard, they all they fourth gear was the highest they went into because of the ratios. But see, that's and see that's the thing though. I think that's the problem, right? Is you know when we <clears throat> excuse me when we um were wanting them to increase the horsepower and decrease the the downforce, that was awesome. The problem is is there's a lot of components that were built based on a 550 horsepower engine and that transaxle is one of them right the gears in that thing was not meant for 670 horsepower it was meant for 550 and for those of you out there who don't think that's a big deal that's 
huge. Change the way Martinsville races. It's yeah, exactly. Absolutely, man. And, you know, keep in mind, one of the things that we, you know, that I, I say, I mean, me and you, Keith, obviously want, there's a lot of other people who want more short track racing, but not, you know, we've seen NASCAR talking about going to this push to more short tracks. Well, I don't think I want it now. Yeah. If they race like this, I don't know if I want a whole lot more short tracks, right? Because that's not good. So they're going to have to figure out something to, they're going to have a way to fix it. They're going to have to change the gear ratios. They're going to have to. Now, the there there, there was actually drivers after the race bitching about it, about we need, we need to go back to the drawing board as far as the, the, the gear ratios that we run at Martinsville to take yes. away the shifting. Yes, they got to do something. You know, they've got to lock that in, do, you know, mandate a certain gear or something. Because here's the thing, they're they're not going to be able to just change the gears in the transaction. They're not going to be able NASCAR's nope. not going to be able to just come in and 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 change all that because that would mean all those teams have to do that. And right now, it is hard for teams to get components. And those transaxles are, you know what I mean, like that's another one of those things, you know, that is not being talked about. Um, you know, uh, in, in all aspects of motorsports, right. We hear about tire shortages and part short, you know, there's just not enough stuff right now with everything going on in the world and they can't just unilaterally come in and be like, all right, you guys, we're running this now, go get it. Cause there's, there's, it's not there to get. So NASCAR is going to have to figure out something to, um, fix this in terms of, uh, preventing that because yeah like you said it wasn't a good race it was a it was a just a bad race i think that was probably the worst martinsville race i've ever watched i i've oh man i would probably agree um i really it, would it was I it was just not good i didn't enjoy it like i expected joey logano to give william brought byron a better run and to get to him to move him and he just couldn't because they were shifting Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it took just, the whole short track aspect out of it. It raced like a smaller speedway race. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that, you know, it used to be if you made a mistake at a track like Martinsville, right? You know, and you got you, forced out uh, of the groove, you were screwed, right? Yeah. It's almost being like freight trained at a, at a restrictor plate race. And that's just that wasn't the case now. Now you mess up and it's like, oh, well, I can pff, I can fix this no problem. Let me downshift real quick and I'll mm -hmm. rebound. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll be okay. Yeah. So, we'll have to see how they how they deal with it. Now, we've got Bristol Dirt coming up this weekend. I don't think I don't shifting is going to be, gonna be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think shifting will be an issue in terms of the racing. I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't. Um I can only tell you what I have heard and seen. I've heard these cars are better on the dirt than the old car, but until we actually see the race, we're not going to know. You know what I mean? We're, we're not going to yeah. know. And, and so, the little bit of video that I seen of Stuart Friesen out testing the car, it, it looked like he, you could actually drive it real hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even then, that's one person. When when you exactly get exactly there, you then, know, then you'll see what we really have. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking it's going to be better this year. Will be better than last year's Bristol Dirt Race. But that's not saying much. You know, I mean, that's not that's. Yeah, I did. Just not I much. did also find out that 
the Keselowski appeal was denied. Oh, okay. So there's that. And then I also found out that the reason why the suspensions and stuff happened and the penalty, I guess they had some components break. And with the part shortages, they decided to fix it on their own. Oh, yeah. And that's a big no-no. Yep. Yeah, no, those components that they get from those vendors, they have to use those components as is, from my understanding yeah, of the rules. you have to go through the vendor to mm-hmm. get that replacement. Yes. Well, I guess they didn't really say what what it was, but it was broke, it was bent, whatever. They fixed it, they showed up, and it was like, mm. ah, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, well, that's... uh. I mean, it, just goes, it, it goes to show how far teams are going to push it with the part shortages. Well, yeah. And, well, and that's not even... They're, I'm sure they're not the only team trying that. No, oh, absolutely they're not. And that's, so far. and that's the thing. That's not even them really, you know, and cheating. Well, I mean, that's them trying to survive. Big advantage. I don't see a problem with it, really. Yeah. Especially with everything that's going on right now. It's kind of like, all right, cut them a break a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's so hard to get the components and all that stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I understand that. So, yeah, I get I'm both. with you. I, I do. I get both sides of it. I understand why NASCAR's doing what they're doing. You know, we talked about that before. Like they, they've got to make sure that they rein it in before things get out of hand. Um, but on the same sense, on the same side, I also understand Keselowski's team. You know, being like, hey man, uh, this thing's broke. We, we ain't got it. Yeah, <laughs> we got to do something. Well, so, and and a couple things that I've heard from a couple people that. Brad and him probably should have just went to NASCAR and said, look, this is what we did. We fixed it. Here's a couple pictures. You can come look at it. Mm-hmm. Do you approve or do you not approve? If you don't approve it, we'll take it off. Yeah. And that's one of those things that you wrestle. Is it easier to ask for forgiveness or permission? And they went the forgiveness route and it, it didn't work. <laughs> and and I think any team would probably do that. for the Yes, most exactly. Exactly. Except for Rick Ware. From the sounds of it, Rick Ware's <laughs> got more components in their shop than any other team in NASCAR, which blows my mind. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just drive down the road and be like, hey, can we buy this component from you? Well, yeah, and that's another Rick thing. Rick I'm surprised they did. And be yeah. like, yeah, here, take it. Yeah, that's the thing. I find it from another team. So, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if NASCAR does anything with the short track stuff. We don't have another short track on the schedule for a long time. Um, after Bristol, dirt. I mean, it's Talladega, Dover. I wouldn't count. You know, Dover's a mile. Like, that's a really fast track. I don't, I, I don't Yeah. Short track. Me neither. You know, and then it's Darlington, Kansas, Texas, Charlotte. Um, you know, then they've got uh, – in June, it's Worldwide Tech and Sonoma and Nashville. You know, I mean, we don't – I mean, the next track that you would – I mean, that you might consider a short track would be Loudon, and that's not until July. And even Loudon, you know, Loudon's a mile. It's just the only thing – the only reason I would consider it more of a short track than kind of a speedway is because it's so flat, right? They're, they have to slow down so much. There, yeah. You know, so and that is a track you could potentially see shifting at. Talking about on the weekend, man, that that Xfin, the Xfinity race mm-hmm. was way light years better than the Cup race. Oh, it was definitely. A big pile up. Yep, definitely. Between between the Xfinity race, the big pile up, and Ty Gibbs sucker punch and Sam Meyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you wasn't seeing that in the Cup race because they couldn't no. even get close to move you. 
Yep. Yeah. They. <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Uh, Ty Gibbs actually got fifteen. He got fined fifteen thousand dollars for the for that that uh thing. You know, and RCR got penalized. So. And you know, Tommy, I I pat Sam Meyer on the back. Yeah. Because look at look at Ty Gibbs. Look how many people he's moved out of the way this year, last year, mm-hmm. and even then. Sam Meyer moved him. Why? Because they're racing for a hundred grand for the dash for cash. But come on, yes. if you're going to move the guy, at least win the damn money. Yeah, yeah. And from my understanding, those two have actually had a history with each other. From my he understanding, not like no, yeah. I, from, yeah. From what I have heard, Sam Meyer uh, does not like um, Ty Gibbs, and, and it, this like goes back to like the Arca days or something. Yep. And I think it's very, very mutual. And I'm. I'm real curious to see if it carries over. Like, let's be honest. They got taken to the trailer. Of course, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're good. As soon as you leave the trailer, it's it's like, all right, how am I going to get this guy back? Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't make you look like a fool on pit road. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, it was interesting. Um, it was, like I said, it was definitely ex- a lot more exciting. Um, I, mean, I actually even, think that stuff's good. Yeah, I think it's very good. Yep. Because let's let's be honest. When was the last time we've seen something like that? A few years. Oh yeah. Dates yeah. back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even the truck race had it. I mean, you had Haley Deacon going after somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had Johnny Sauter take her out. It just the racing was better Friday or Thursday, Friday, and then unfortunately yeah. the World of Outlaw race was better Saturday night. Oh yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, let's. Let's dive into that because, first of all, we had the the night before was rained out, or I shouldn't say rained out, but it was canceled due to weather. Cold out. Cold out, yeah, because it was like, like I don't know, seven degrees or something like that. Snowing. <laughs> yeah, so, so they ended up not running that, but then the next night they ran at Lake Ozark Speedway, and you had the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars and then the Extreme Outlaw non-wing sprint cars and it was awesome absolutely awesome both uh, races yeah both Bravo. of them were both of my them my hat were. is off to the outlaws yeah they that was genius yes that was absolutely genius i i i don't know because i haven't gone through and actually compared the schedules and looked at all this but i don't know how many of these races that they're do, how many of these events that they're going to do these double headers like this but they need to do more I, I, think I, just, gonna, I think they're rotating between the late models and the wing cars. See, that's awesome. That is so amazing. Like there's one week where it's hell week for the late models. And not only are you going to have late models on hell week, but you're going to have sprint cars and possibly midgets. Yeah. And I think that's genius. That. That's just genius. Bravo to Casey Schumann. Yeah. Cause you're going to start bringing, you're going to have people like, again. Look, if you're a dirt late model fan, right? You know what a sprint car is. You know what a non-wing sprint car is or a midget and stuff like that. But you might not be open to it. I mean, I it I still, to someone like myself who has, you know, watched and experienced many forms of racing, right? There was a time I did not know what a big block modified was. I didn't know what, a you know, they're like, oh, big block modifieds. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't even know what that I'm is. Here. You know what I mean? I didn't know what it was. Last year. Yeah. If it wasn't for iRacing, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for sim racing, 
I would never have known what a big block modified was, right? Because they run in the Northeast. Like, I just, you know, don't, don't, I've never seen one, never heard one, never seen one. They do not exist to people basically like west of of the Mississippi. You know what I mean? Like, Like, they just don't exist. And, you know, even out here in California, like late models, you know, there's not a lot of late model races out here. You know what I mean? Like late models are not a big thing out here. We got a lot of modifieds, right? You got the IMCA modifieds that are that are a big deal out here. We got sprint cars. We got some midgets. You know, we have stuff like that. But even late models, you know, finding a late model race race on the West Coast is it's it's a pretty rare thing. You know, late models are really big. You know, Midwest stuff like that. Very crazy if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So to have these pockets where you have these people, right? Like we just talked about late models are really big in the Midwest. Well, now they're going to run a late model race and Hey, we're going to bring these insane, you know, right? 410 non-wing sprint cars that are, it's some of the best racing you'll ever watch. And we're going to have them run with the late models. And you're opening up people to a, a whole, whole new avenue. Exactly. That they might have never seen before or even tried to see before. You want to talk about expanding the fan base. Yes. That's one way to do it. Exactly, man. You can, exactly. You put on good shows like they have, because I'm, I'm sorry, people might disagree with me, but the first three Extreme Outlaw shows have, have been, been really good. Oh, my God. They've been incredible. Really yeah, they've been incredible. Um, and like I, feel, I feel like you, Sack, you got some work to do. Yes. You really, you really do. You know, I, I think that this series could not have come at a worse time for USAC. I, I real I mean, I like it's it's one of those things like it's just like the stars have aligned and the you know the the you know worldwide racing group, I mean they've got their stuff together and they know what yes, they're they doing. Do. And, and yeah, it was awesome. And in a couple conversations that I've had with some friends of mine that are either in the dirt track community or fans of it we were talking about it and I was like, you couldn't have picked a better person to be in charge of it. Casey Schumann. Cause he's lived it. Mm-hmm. He's done the non-wing racing. He's already working for world racing group. And now it's like, all right, we got this guy under our name in our banner, in our office, in our corner. Yeah. Let's approach him. Cause he ran the war stuff. He started the war stuff with power. I he's done all that. Now he gets a bigger stage. Yeah. What he can do with the bigger stage, man, that, that star is shining bright. And then after, after the fact, the outlaws post that video. I don't know if you've seen it, but they shot yeah. one across USAC's bow and wow. We, if you have not seen it, any of the listeners haven't seen it. I advise you to go watch it. Cause there's <laughs> some things in there that is, it's like an athlete encrypting a text message or a tweet. <laughs> it just, the way they worded it and set it up, man, shots have been fired at USAC. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're, you know, and they're just, uh, could it be the fall of USAC? We, we shall see. Yeah, we, we, we shall. I've heard know. a lot of rumors the past two weeks and some good for USAC, some really bad. Yeah. It's one of those things that you, you know, being, being a race fan the way that I am and somebody who just like, I don't just love racing, but I love racing history. You know, I it's to me, it would be sad to see 
USAC, you know, go the way of the dodo bird, you know what I mean? Like, it would be sad to see something like that happen to him. You know, will that happen? I don't know. Uh, you know, only anything's tell, possible. Really. Yeah, only time will tell. You know, I, I do, do I think, you know, that, that the outlaws are, are literally just trying to take over all dirt racing and that's going to be the only game in town? I mean, that'll never happen because it's just, you know, it, well, it's just not, not possible. And you know? you'll still have your other Oh, yeah, absolutely. Racing. Mm-hmm. And and the rumors that I've heard that if this does in fact happen, because there's a lot of people worried about if it does happen, and and the USAC sprint cars are taken over by the World Racing Group, oh well, they're going to leave Indiana. That's the first thing because when you think of USAC, you think of Indiana. Yes. Because the roots are so deep through Indiana, and that's not the case. World Racing Group, from what I've heard, if the takeover does happen. The only thing that's going to change is the name. Schedule yes. basically stay the same. So there, there's an added bonus. Well, the yes. next added bonus is you got a guy running the Extreme Series that's not afraid to suspend your big name drivers. Mm -hmm. And yep. I think that is going to be the downfall of the other side. Because, yes. I mean, let's let's face it, we've all seen what's going on. Yeah. But... I think if the Extreme Series keeps putting on these races that they're putting on, it's going to be hard to compete with it. Yes, it is. Especially for the money that they're putting up. It, and that's so huge. Because you've got to be able to pay the bills, and you've got to be able oh, to fund the operation. Sorry. Where can you go and run a 12, 12 or 13 race season, and the champion wins twenty grand? Yeah. The, yeah. the least amount that the... Races pay is five thousand. The most is ten. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna find that anywhere other than put a wing on. Then you will. Yes. Yep. And look, and that's only, and that's in it's gonna their, cause a ripple effect. yeah, and that's in their inaugural season, right? Look at what, that. yeah, and look at what World Racing Group does with the late models and the wing sprint cars, right? When you think of the summer of money, right? Or I mean, how many? six-figure events does the late models have just in a season you know what i mean so i don't this is something that if it goes well and it is going well right now i mean we're only a few races in but i mean it is off to a phenomenal start i could absolutely see them if they do expand it and stuff like that to where you are going to have those events where it's you know fifty thousand to win or you know stuff like that where it's these huge big money events where you're bringing in you know, 150, you know, non-wing sprint car drivers show up. Like, I could well, absolutely uh, see that. And, and like I've told a buddy of mine, World Racing Group wouldn't be doing what they're doing with the non-wing stuff if they didn't think it would work. They're not just going to do it this season and be like, oh, we ain't doing it next year. No, no yeah. Next year's this, going... isn't, this isn't Vincent Mann and the F XFL, right? Like, this no, is, no, these I'm, people know what they're doing. I'm going to call my shot now. Just go ahead and mark it down. Next season, the World, the Extreme Series will be... 10 times better than this season. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Right now, just laying down the foundation. You got to have a foundation before you build a house. And mm -hmm. the, the foundation's pretty sturdy over there. <laughs> Especially yes. if they, the, the race that they put on Saturday night. Oh, my God. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it was it really, was really good. Than, it was better than the whole weekend at Bubba Raceway Park, in my opinion. Yeah. Just one race, and they had two down there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was uh, it was really good, and you know, we talked about it. Um, mentioned it briefly, but 
Robert Ballou put on an absolute show. Um, what did he pass? 17 cars? 18 cars or something like that? I mean, he came from, like, literally the back and ran well, it all the way up to the front. He was he was in third in two laps in that B main. Yeah. Uh, dude, the guy yeah, is just on the throttle. It's well, just and, insane. And like I've told people, that's one main you don't want to back in a corner. Mm-hmm. And I guess there was some miscommunication in the driver's meeting. He won his heat. They didn't take him to the scales. The official, yes, which he which, which he tweeted about. You know, he, he put out a tweet about that. Like anybody and, and that I, knows Robert, if if yeah. concerned about, he'll be the first yeah. one to say it. And he put out a tweet about it, and he was basically clowning on him. And I'm paraphrasing, but you can go see the tweet. But it was like <laughs> dopey outlaws didn't even take me to the scales. And then you find yeah. out later, Robert Ballou's being punished for not reporting to the scales after his heat race. So yeah, <laughs> but, but man, you back that man in a corner. Yeah, he's gonna come out swinging, and, and he did. <clears throat> He did. He did. He was. He was on. Oh man, he was just on the gas, dude. Uh, he he put on a hell of a show, in in, <clears throat> in both the B main and the A main. Like he was just incredible. Yeah, because he came from the back in the A main too, <laughs> mm-hmm. and damn near won the race. Yep. So those fans there at the racetrack, everybody watching from home, man, mm-hmm. you got your money's worth that night because yep. he put on a damn show. Yes, he did. He he came. Came close to wearing it out. Um, he all he <laughs> when he put that move on CJ Leary that one time, <laughs> they almost they almost both got wadded up there. Yeah, down the back straightaway yeah. got a little hairy there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it did. But Leary was able to get back around him. You know, it, the crazy thing was is that I don't think either of the I I don't think Leary would have won had Brady Bacon not stepped on it, which wow. was so out of character um he was so good and he was so fast i mean his he just to me he was the he was the the one to beat and well, then to loop it like that was just crazy if he doesn't spin out i I think the finishing orders bacon leary blue yes maybe blue gets around leary yep but yeah it's those it's those three he was in a whole different universe yeah he was he was on he was on another level um, he just, he, I, yeah. In all of my years of watching the non-wing stuff here, racing the non-wing stuff and being around Brady, I've never seen him make a rookie mistake. And that's yeah. that was a big rookie mistake. It was like, wow, that really happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it was, uh, I was shocked by it. I was shocked when I was watching it. I thought that when I first heard that, when they, when they said it, I thought that the announcers had made a mistake. Like no joke, I was like, oh, no, wait, oh, no, I, that, I that's him. Like I couldn't screen. believe it. I looked away from the screen and I heard Rob Klepper say Brady Bacon's around, and I was like, what? And I looked up and was like, whoa, he is. Yeah. And they replay and it was like, wow, he really made a, a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not too common to see Brady Bacon make a mistake. No, it's not. And then the poor guy who was running phenomenal in the wing car and then ends up getting just the short end of the stick on that as well. Tire. <laughs> oh my God, man. Yeah. And tires. I mean, that brings up a very good point. The, the tires uh, were, you know, Robert Ballou, his, his right rear in that B main. If that B main's two laps 
longer. He doesn't win the B main. No, he doesn't. There it was to it. it was coming apart, and you could see chunks of it were coming out of it, and um, that was a separated tire where the I mean the the tread was just separating off the tire. It was just a bad tire. Yeah, and, and even then, you could look at the outlaws. Look at how many right rears were low in the feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They got they got lucky by it staying green, because then if not, I think you would have seen at least six guys go to the work area. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you know. And Brady Bacon was, you know, he Ooh. was leading with... I think his tire started going down with about five to go. It looks it looks like it's around five or six laps to go. Yeah. You can see the car start to really, and I might be wrong on my laps, but you can see it, it start like, to lean more to the right around that time. Man, could you and, imagine that though? Yeah. Sweeping the weekend. Yep. The first and, ever one to sweep an outlaw weekend like mm-hmm. that. And he had the chance to do it. You know, he had the chance to do it. I mean, I, Jacob Allen was right there behind him. I, you know, would would Allen what have gotten around him? That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a tough week for Brady Bacon, but I mean, he before the before the bad luck and and the and the mistake in the the non-wing race, I mean, he did show why he is one of the best sprint car drivers there is cuz the kids just got an insane amount of talent. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and like he was just getting ready to say, I'm not sure if Jacob Allen could have got around him, back around him. I mean, he, he did. He had to move him, which unfortunately, that was the type of move that you had to do on that racing surface. Yes. To really mess with. Mm-hmm. It was right on the I, bottom. I've seen some comments where people were like, well, he had to move him. Well, yeah, that's what he had to do. Yes. Those were the cards that everybody was dealt with, whether mm-hmm. it was Jacob Allen, David Gravel, or Hoddenschild. Yep. You just didn't get up on the fence and, and rip. No, uh-uh. The, the you, they couldn't. Blast over, and it was a single-lane track on the bottom, unfortunately. And, and the only way to get to the lead is you, you had to physically move the guy. Yep. And bravo to Jacob Allen. Yep. Holy crap. He, he wasn't even on my radar last week when we were picking drivers. No. That was the last person I even thought of. Yep. Yep, me too. So yeah, congrats to him. You know, he awesome win. Promise. Yep, because he was he was flying. Him and him and Brady both were flying. Yes, they were. Absolutely, they were. I've never seen that from Jacob Allen in a long time. Nope. So, you know, I mean, he's he's shown speed before, um, but he's one of those that you I'm don't think. Miss, of, yes, exactly. You don't think of that often. You know, where even someone like you know his teammate you know shoehart where um logan is hit and miss also but logan also has a lot more of he has a lot more of the good showings right than than the bad showings where i mean i've lot i've watched logan shoehart just dominate races before where you're just like god struggle two weeks later exactly you're you know you're like dude if you could put it all together you would be insane you know so it was uh could you imagine how good Logan Schuhart could be if they can consistently bring the speed when they mm-hmm. have good nights? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, because he's one of the fastest ones out there, bar none. I mean, it's, oh, it's, raw it's, speed? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, crazy, sure. crazy how fast he can and, be. And, you know, I've 
I like wing cars to a point. I, there's some racing that they do where it just it it borings me because it it gets single lane and mm-hmm. follow the leader. But you know, after talking to Logan at Bristol and running into him, man, what a what a humble person. Yeah, He's and, and cool it kind dude. of it kind of opened me to watching wing racing more, just because if you get out and you interact with the guys, because there's some wing guys on that law. I will not name their names, but they are straight up assholes. Yes, <laughs> there are. They'll show you the bottom of the chin before they shake mm-hmm. your hand, unfortunately. Yes. But man, he's not one of them. And I really think, man, he, he puts a consistent season together where he, when he shows up and he's real fast, if he could just hold it together for 89 races or 90 races, wow, I think he'd give the top three a real run for their money in the points. And I yes. still think he can, even being inconsistent. Yes, absolutely he can. Absolutely he can. So, yeah, he's because he's got the he's got that he's, he's obviously got the, got the talent to do it. Yeah, he just needs to he just needs that consistency to put it all together. That's the one thing that and he seems to just not have right now. That's what happens when you're related to Scruffy Allen, though. Because <laughs> he was a bad dude in a wing car. Yep. So, yeah, but. Fun weekend of racing. Definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, what's coming up here. We do got the outlaws are heading to I-55. I-55, one of my favorite dirt tracks. Doubleheader. Yep, they've got the double header. Yep, they've got it to, uh, no, not tonight. Tomorrow night and Saturday night, they're going to be at I-55. And the, I believe the late model, are the late models off? Right, let me check the schedule real quick. Yeah, the late models are off this weekend. They'll be back next weekend. Um, they're you, going to uh, Waverly, Ohio, Atomic Speedway. USAC will be in action at Atomic Saturday night. So, I mean, there's a full bill of racing going on this mm-hmm. weekend. Yes, there is. USAC's going back to a racetrack they haven't been to in a very long time. Yeah, yep. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm interested to see who shows up. And who exactly. Does. That's that's all I was just gonna say. I'm wondering who's gonna actually show up and who's not gonna show up. You know, there's been a been a lot that's happened. I mean, since their their last race, you know. Well, what I mean? and 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 it's just unfortunate that it's happening the way it's happening. But the good thing is, is Keith Coons is back, just not with USAC Sprint Cars. He, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna run the full season with the Extreme Series with Jason McDougal, which is good. Yes. I like to see Keith Coons in, in non-wing racing again because he was before. Even back when I was racing, he still had cars out there, whether it was with Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, a couple guys from California that came here and then realized it's a lot tougher than what people think. Yes. They'd be here for a year and then they're gone. I think one of them was Henry Clarkey. And he was a cool dude and yep. drove drove the Keith Coons car and just to have a guy of his stature in non-wing racing, I think is a benefit for everybody. Oh, definitely. It's an extra car for one and it's a big team. Yep, definitely. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to see. And like you said, it'll be interesting to see who actually shows up and, and what happens. I remember, you know, you talk about people going out to Indiana and racing and then, you know, coming back to california i remember 
uh, Jimmy Sills telling us that when we went to me and Shane Matthews, when we went to Jimmy Sills school of open wheel racing, which used to be right here in my hometown. And he talked about that when he would go out to Indiana and stuff like that. And he was like, that's the place. Like if you want to, if you want to, if you want to run, you want to run, you go out there and that's where you find out how good you are. That's where you stack yourself up. You know, like it's, that's, that's the place to go. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of them that stay. No, there's not. I mean, there, there are, but there isn't. I mean, even Damian Gardner came, stayed, left. Mm-hmm. It in yeah. it, it sucks, but it just goes to show how tough the competition is. Like, like the other night, um, I think it was Saturday night. We were in, we were all in a Discord channel just talking after the outlaw race, and we were talking about the era that I was racing in. I mean, it was tough. Yeah, it was a lot tougher back then than it is now because you could look at it now and be like, "Man, there's some heavy hitters in there." Mm-hmm. Go back to when I raced non-wing cars, or even Michael Berthy when he raced non-wing cars. Man, it was stacked from top to bottom. Yep, you either showed up on your A game or you went home very, very early. Yeah, yeah. It just used to show, like a couple of my friends in California that race sprint cars. That I'm like, dude, if you want, you want a real test, come out here. Unfortunately, you might get humbled. You might not, but nine times out of 10, you're going to get humbled. And then you'll be like, damn, why is it so, the competition's so strong out here. It just, we're the mecca of non-wing racing, unfortunately. And I wish, I wish it was like that everywhere, but it's not. No. Oh God, no. Uh Uh-uh. No, it's not. So, so yeah. Fun weekend coming up. I'm looking forward to, uh. But yeah, just watching some watching some dirt racing. It's always one of my favorite watch, things to watch do. Dirt racing and steal all my kids' Easter candy. There you go. Yep, gotta gotta <laughs> gotta definitely do some of that. So, but that you guys is gonna do it all for us this week. Now, really quick, next week, um, I'm playing. The plan is to be back. My kids' spring break is next week, and as far as I know, I don't have anything planned. But the wife has been known to drop stuff on me last minute. So as of right now, we will be back next week. Um, if not, I will definitely let you guys know somehow, some way. But the plan is we will be back next week, and uh, yeah, hope all of you guys have an awesome Easter. Have a good weekend. Easter. Yep, have a exactly. Good weekend. Yep. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun, and uh, be safe. So, yeah, but you guys, that's going to do it. Thank you guys very much. As always, please follow, download, subscribe, share all that other good stuff. Um, It helps us grow the show. Like I said before, we are growing slowly but surely, but we are growing. And, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And thanks for coming out. So, Keith, enjoy your weekend, my man. Thanks, you too. Enjoy your Easter weekend. I will. Everybody out there, you guys take care. Have a good one.